0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 334. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, my friends. Thank you so much as always for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software for creatives and small business owners and anyone that has a company that wants to enjoy their bookkeeping as much as they love doing their other things in their business as well. If you guys wanna give it a shot, I'm also gonna recommend it for all the inner voice facilitators. We've just started our first round of beta training this week and I'm going to recommend it for them too if they're looking to love their bookkeeping software as much as they love doing inner voice sessions because FreshBooks has just made the entire experience of bookkeeping, which normally wouldn't be something I'd love something I love because of how they did it they just did such a good aligning job for business owners so give it a shot yourself if you want to try and you can ex- track your expenses you can do your bookkeeping you can have all your credit card stuff going in there you can send off invoices and paypals and all that kind of stuff if you'd like you can get a free 30-day trial over at freshbooks.com lively and you can use the lively show in this section about how did you hear about us so that they know you heard us from the show now let's move on, you guys. I did a little poll on Instagram about COVID. I wanted to check in with you guys and go, are we still excited to be talking about the topic? Are we ready to move on from the topic? And one of the ideas I had was a dear friend of mine has been with a fever and a very intense cough for several weeks. She's not allowed to get tested for COVID despite having all of the classic symptoms because of things that she'll share about in her interview. But I was very curious if you guys were interested in hearing someone with a pre-existing condition who is on the older side of, the spectrum of life and has potentially COVID in the last few weeks in America. I thought that that might be an interesting point of view, but also while she has all of that to consider and her own company and et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff going on, she also has an extremely upbeat and very beautiful point of view through the whole thing as well. So I thought this could be a really cool interview to help us for those of us that haven't really interacted with anyone that may have it already. This could be a really interesting interview to just kind of have a conversation very frankly and very openly with someone that has a lot of reasons to quote unquote, potentially be scared, but she's choosing not to be and why. So I did this as like, do you wanna do that or a solo show on a poll? And you guys had 53%, so it's pretty close to 50-50, slightly to do the interview. So I am gonna have her on the show next week. We're gonna schedule the interview soon. She has offered to do it. She is a lovely person. I'm excited for you guys to meet. But then in the meantime, I'm doing a solo show for you guys today as well. So let's dive in. These are all Instagram questions that you guys have shared in the last 12 hours since I've posted this. So let's dive in. Okay, we'll start with S. Tarkas who says, when you're talking to your inner voice and you don't hear an answer, is that because you aren't ready to hear the answer or is that more of a mental block in the current moment? She has a few questions, so there's that one. So let's answer this one. When you're talking to your inner voice and you don't hear an answer, is it because you aren't ready or because it's mentally blocking? Yes. That's why, (laughs) otherwise you would hear it. Is it okay to hear mostly yes or no responses? Absolutely, whatever you're getting is great, but if you wanna stop getting just yes or no responses, ask open-ended questions. So instead of, did I get into Harvard, which would be a yes or no, You could say, What do you want me to know about the Harvard application? Or what do you want me to know about the Harvard decision right now? So, pulling it into the right now, or what do you want me to know, and the open endedness will hopefully open up the answers you get. But you don't need to get a whole sentence. And actually, she does say, Will this ever graduate to full sentences over time with practice? Most likely, yes. If you really are open and you really do relax and you really do, let's say, if it's really difficult for you, meditation as a practice may be helpful to help you open further. Faster, but it's not required. I didn't do any meditation actually before I started doing inner voice work. I found inner voice before meditation about ten years ago. So, but that said, that could have been also something I practiced in other lifetimes. Back then, I didn't believe in other lifetimes, but now I would say. I probably have practiced this before, so it was a bit more natural for me, but also cool. I'm glad it was because I'm glad if that's the case, it's just made it a really natural thing for me to fall into, but that said, it wasn't like it was channeling the way that I can now. I've been doing this for 10 years. So give yourself some time to practice with it and it could graduate to full sentences. However, I love a deep inner voice answer in one word is infinitely better than a mind pretending to give you a whole paragraph. So (laughs) just say inner voice, I only need a word. And just give me a word. If it's a yes or a no, fine. If it's a word, that's all you need. Just keep asking questions. It can convey a wealth of information in one word alone. So just going and getting one word at a time and asking 15, 20 questions will give you 15 or 20 super wise words. I actually think that the wisdom of the inner voice is so succinct and so dense that it doesn't need to give you the same amount of words that minds use a lot of words. Usually inner voices don't most of the time. Okay, now let's move on. How about Miriam Brennig who said, "'What role does your mind play in your life? I always wonder how aware you are of the mind and what kind of thoughts it might think as you live in flow. Hope this makes sense.' Oh my gosh. I am hyper, 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 hyper aware of my mind. So aware of my mind and also getting so detached from my mind that you might even notice that sometimes I refer to myself as Jess on the show, even in like a solo show. That's because I'm starting to think of my mind as Jess. Like I'm dissociating from the persona that the mind holds more and more so i can see it in awareness and yes i can identify with the thoughts that it has but i don't identify so fully anymore so now i can just see the conglomeration of thoughts and preferences that makes up jess lively as jess lively without necessarily needing to find myself by it so i guess you could say that in another way would be as the manner of speaking like the observer aspect of myself is becoming so strong that As the observer becomes so strong, the detachment from needing to personally completely fade into identification with thoughts and preferences becomes easier to drop. It's easier to see just who I think I am and what I think as a part of me but not the entirety of me and as the inner voice part of me, which is also me, becomes clearer and I understand and I can perceive from that point of view too. Again, Jess just becomes more of a sideshow rather than the primary show. At this point, It's probably a tug of war there about (laughs) 50-50 about which one's uh, more my awareness. Some days it's way more Jess, some days it's way more inner voice, but all of it's fine as it goes. It just fluctuates and flows from moment to moment or day to day. Okay, that's an interesting question. Now we have... Stacey Firth, who asked, the current state of the world, at large and personally, has left me with a real sense of detachment from my life goals and other things that used to feel really important. I still want them, but I can't feel that intense feeling of want that I used to have. So I'm wondering, what's the difference between a good kind of detachment and more traumatic dissociated detachment? I would ask your inner voice, am I feeling traumatic dissociated detachment, whatever that might be, or am I feeling a good kind of detachment? And find out for yourself, I don't know what's right for you, but I bet your inner voice can help you decide. And also I would say, don't be surprised if right now your mind finds the value of masks very important. And in six months, manicures are more important than masks. Like of course, as your situation changes, your mind's going to find different things important. So before you might've found getting your roots done and covering your grays more important than you do right now in quarantine. And you go, okay, it's not as important to me anymore. And then in six months, it's important again. That's natural. The mind, of course, is gonna flux and flow. And sometimes, and maybe it'll never become important again. Maybe this will be a life-changing incident where the mind never prioritizes certain things. Like, for example, I was just sharing to the IVFT trainings, the Inner Voice facilitator trainees that were working with the student teachers and early grads for that program that when I was younger, my dad had cancer. And I didn't ever share this, and he's not listening to the show so i'm not that worried about it the point of it was i never shared it before because he had a job where he didn't want his bosses to know about that pre-history he had even though he never got it again he had it when i was a senior in high school and it was a very huge shift for me when he had that i realized because i was in a season of my life where testing like sats and grades and your gpa were quote-unquote so important going into college But it was amazing as a gift because I didn't know if he was going to live or die. Obviously, he's still alive. He never got it again. It didn't come back. But I didn't even know the odds at that time. It was so fresh to me at that time that I remember quitting track. Who cared about track when I wasn't sure about my dad's living or dying? I didn't love track nearly enough to keep doing that. That was mental. And also grades, I realized, were completely irrelevant and unnecessary and didn't mean anything in the greater context of life and death. <laughs> so that kind of prioritizing never became important again. Yes, the school, the college that I went to, University of Michigan Business School, was incredibly obsessed with grades. But because of my dad's experience with cancer, I just realized that I'd never attached to grade importance the way that others may have what they didn't have that experience but i wouldn't call that traumatic or dissociated attachment i just saw that as prioritizing attachment like i just took something that was never that important and put it out of the prioritization that most people would have held had they not had something like that happen so some things because of covid and this experience are going to frame things for you so beautifully like that that your mind will never play to a story that it matters again and that's great. And at the same time, on littler things like gray roots or manicures or something like that, right now, does it matter that much that my nails aren't painted? Not quite, but will it matter more to me in the future? Will I have more of a preference around that? Probably. But that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that. It's like as life situations flex and flow, certain things will come in and out of priority. But things that are unnecessary stressors, most likely, like for example, testing, that's like a much deeper level than a manicure. I would never stress in any situation as much as I would have previously held, let's say, grading as an important part of my persona back then. I don't know. I just think certain things will fall away and never come back, and other ones will. And just observe it all. (laughs) And ask your inner voice if you're in traumatic dissociated attachment, and if so, what to do about it. Okay, now we have Deliciously Vibrant who said, now that you're used to living in flow, is there anything your mind still resists on the daily, for example? Oh my goodness. Well, what I've been sharing on Instagram is two things lately that my mind has previously resisted, but of course I've let go of so many resistances, like it's dozens and dozens of preferences that my mind would have previously held as like things I don't wanna do and now I do. And everything's becoming, instead of an always or a never, I noticed this like about six, seven, eight months ago, it's always becoming a sometimes now. It's like I used to wear contacts and glasses all the time. Then I went several years without wearing them at all or barely ever unless I needed to literally for like an airport to get around to see the signs to get to an airplane. But now I wear them again. So it's like more regularly. So I don't have to keep wearing them regularly. It's just is happening right now. So that is like instead of always or never, it's sometimes or it's not in a sense of like anything has to be very permanent. However, there are two mind things I've noticed about the Jess persona that it doesn't like. One is singing and one is selfies. So both of those things, ironically, I knew they were gonna go. They're part of the ego's like holding back out of fear and judgment. So I knew because of all the other things my mind has held back out of fear and judgment about itself with, that those were gonna go too. Those were gonna fall away. Those couldn't stay as the egoic fear and resistance. Like if you're into this enlightenment thing and you're going whole hog, you can't hold back in fear around things, even as silly and vain or unimportant. See, that's a mind judgment, vain. It's not vain to sing. It's not vain to take selfies. The mind just tells stories that makes it that way because it's judging itself for doing it or judging others for doing it. But that's all judgment. And all judgment lives in the mind. So you can even see it in my own thoughts because the mind's still holding on to that. But I also am self aware enough to go, oh, because it's holding on to that judgment, that will become something that will be neutralized. And the way it'll come neutralized is because I won't resist it anymore. So selfies and singing. Well, when I do the inner voice work, when I do the little channeling for you guys I've been doing some walks on Instagram out in Honolulu because it's so beautiful here to take these alignment walks and I know a lot of people right now can't necessarily see great beautiful weather because of wherever they're living right now, or they're not allowed even out of their houses in many cases. I've been taking these walks and showing the nature just so that you guys can see it too, because I want to share it with you in case this is beneficial and like calming for your mind. I just want to share. And I started doing it with a little inner voice channel sometimes, but the inner voice would come through and it would practically be singing as it did, which was also a sign to my mind that I really wasn't making that up in my mind, because my mind wouldn't allow myself to sing because my mind has a whole story from middle school that goes all the way back to middle school about singing and how I don't have a good voice, which isn't true. It's just a mind story, a beanbag as I would call it from my middle school days. So of course, as I am allowing the inner voice to do the channels, it's choosing to sing through me. So I'm allowing it to come and it's interesting as I observe it because I don't hear the story, you know, like the story says I'm not good at singing. But when I hear the inner voice to its little sing-songy type of voice, It doesn't sound bad, but it definitely is not my mind. It would not be making those noises in that way. So interesting. And the the second thing, which my mind is allowing and doing deliberately and getting over is selfies and photography. If you had to ask Megan (laughs) Bowers of Pictory Productions, she's been our videographer for years and years now, and she's filmed a lot of stuff with me. She knows, you could ask her, getting me to take photos of myself or selfies, let alone selfies. Oh my goodness. I told this whole story after I was about 28 I never really cared before 28. didn't have much of a story about photography at all. And then I like had this period where I felt really photogenic around 28 to 30. And then after 30, I felt less photogenic than I became or felt at 28. So this whole story around then and ever since that's not wanting to take photos. And so... I wanted to face that. And I think COVID, just because you can't see many people, I think for some reason, I've gotten a lot of messages too on Instagram as I've been outing myself, my ego fears about this and sharing them. I've seen some messages too, not everyone, but some people are also that maybe were afraid of the camera or also in COVID just kind of feeling like they wanna connect, they wanna share their face and be seen a bit. Not to like get attention, but just, I think there's just this natural new Environment we're in where you don't see many people necessarily. Like, I see a few people maybe once or twice a day. Like, the people I live with, I have a lot of time and space to myself. So, I'm not in complete isolation. I'm in a little quarantine family of four, sort of, that I see every now and then, like maybe once or maybe twice a day. But otherwise, I'm mostly on my own. And so, there's something about that. I don't know exactly what it is, but I think there's this idea of wanting to share and, 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 be somewhere in your physical form, since we're still here on a physical plane. So anyways, all of this to say, I was practicing selfies and realizing how much my mind, because it had these stories about photography and photogenicness and all this stuff, would actually, as I've been practicing this, I'm realizing the mind made it worse. (laughs) <laughs> when the mind felt like it wasn't photogenic and felt like it wasn't good, it messed up the photos. I realized that my face would make micro expressions that were not as pretty. I wasn't consciously doing it, of course, but it was confirmation. I was a lot of attraction in bad photography because I didn't think I was photogenic. So my face contorted to represent it. And I don't know, this is a long story to say. As I've started to relax the face, and connect to my inner voice and my inner being while taking a photo, I am like, oh my gosh, that was totally a story the whole time. I could take a super photogenic photo if I can just relax, practice and not be in my head about it. So those are some examples where my mind still resists, but I'm learning and allowing myself to take the photos and practice with them, but also to then share them with you guys on Instagram too, which is even more edgy for my mind because it did judge itself so much. It also would judge, there's a whole story about like people that took selfies that would be like, I don't know, like it's, selfish if you take selfies and I there's like two ways I, my mind is speaking out of itself on two different directions because as much as my mind might maybe have some weird insane story about that it also loves looking at people on Instagram so it loves when people share pictures of themselves and yet at the same time it's also saying that if I do that I'm somehow being vain or selfish <laughs> Oh, the minds, they're crazy. So either way, I've been taking inner selfies as I'm calling them because when you tap into your inner voice or your inner being as you take them, the photo completely transforms. And it's really amazing and fascinating to me. So for those reasons, I've been sharing them and getting over my mind in the process. So there you guys go. Now let's move on. Moringa says, hi Jess, curious what questions you ask your inner voice when you feel nervous. I'm offering a new skill to my clients in my business and I know that it works and has worked for me, but I'm not in the phase of knowingness and confidence and so I feel some performance nervousness. So curious what questions you ask your inner voice. Should I share this with my clients? Why should I share this with my clients? What about my mind's nervousness about the confidence? Inner voice, are you confident in my services? Inner voice, what should I know about my clients and their judgment of my ability with this? Ask those questions. And you can rewind that and slow that down so you can put those down to paper if you want to, but those would be my suggested questions to ask about that. Blentonium says, I struggle with my health. On good days, it's easy to be high vibe. On the bad days, I can't seem to do anything to move the needle. All the gratitude and funny videos don't seem to touch my alignment. I don't see it, there's no question in here so i think this is <laughs> it is what it is i guess at this moment since there's not actually a question in there but obviously if the gratitude of funny videos don't touch the alignment i think having compassion for when you're in the place in the space to just be and allow yourself to be there could be useful because if the mind judges it's just adding shame on top of the situation so that would not be helpful so I'd say just be as kind as you can I remember days when I would be in a really low place emotionally they would be like once a week for a while there's a lot of beanbag releasing for several years and I would have a low day like almost once a week for this one period and for me at the time I don't have a health issue, so the it's not exactly to your situation. You'll have to find what works for you, but I just am speaking to my own situation. When I was emotionally in a low place, I would order myself some nachos, Gosman and Gomez, Baramundi nachos in Sydney, and I would just eat them in compassion, not like binge eating them in punishment- stuffing myself you know but just in like compassion I love those nachos and it was the nicest thing I could do for myself is to eat those nachos and just take care of myself and do whatever I could not trying to watch funny videos to make myself higher but just to be in compassion where I was and eat my beloved nachos. I don't know and take most of the day off i mean that was just the situation and life situation that i had created for myself at that point that i was able to do that so that's not everyone's life situation at this point in time obviously but that was a period of my life that existed and that was fine too just was what it was until it became different now we have leb who says how can we learn to lean on and rely on our inner voice instead of fear in these scary times You can learn to do it by asking your inner voice more often than you currently are. So just increase your ability or times that you choose to connect to the inner voice, especially when you notice the mind getting in the picture. Now we have Jan Gilly who said, how do you change your story and vibes on being sensitive as you talked about in a recent episode? Did this lead to a full recovery of food sensitivities? Thanks so much and appreciate and I'm a huge fan of all your work. Yeah, so I mentioned that there's this kind of period I went through, a lot of people do, that's kind of like pre-sensitive, sensitive, sensitive, and trans-sensitive. I think it was on the episode where I talked about the hamster ball. (laughs) What I realized about COVID is that everybody's creating their own reality and their story they're telling within the shared reality we're all in. So for me, I just shared about a few years ago, I went through these food sensitivities in an episode, but I didn't want to stay sensitive to those foods. So I was sensitive, but no longer am. So yes, the sensitivities around those foods uh, lasted for a little while. I don't know exactly the amount of time, but I did recover from them. Yeah, I eat whatever I want. I don't choose out of preference to eat meat but like I said before always and sometimes and never you know so like if I ever did I wouldn't avoid eating it if I felt like eating it it just hasn't been something I've wanted to eat for several years but I love eating fish and always have and never stopped on that and I did avoid dairy and gluten for a little while as the sensitivities did seem and eggs for a little while because of the sensitivities I had skin breakouts that were massive for a very long time as my periods were coming into a natural rhythm but as my hormones and endocrine system have balanced the food sensitivities have receded so it's lovely I get to have clear skin and eat cheese which is fantastic if I really really eat a lot of cheese like a lot like multiple times a day because I love cheese boards (laughs) so like that's like cheese is a meal with crackers and fruits and olives and nuts and stuff like that's not an irregular it's one of my favorite types of evening (laughs) meals to have dinners I can notice that especially around before my period that there could be a bit of some struggle with that, but not that bad. Nothing even comes close to the way that it used to look years ago as the period was coming in. So yeah, I did. But I I remember one of the things I think that helped was that I never identified as a story. I noticed that the sensitivities were there and I was having very physical reactions in terms of my body with the skin. But I never really wanted the persona of vegetarian, vegan, gluten intolerant, dairy intolerant. Like I never, ever, ever, ever cared to identify as the mind to any of those as descriptors of myself. They were just things that my skin reacted to. So there's a very difference to say, I am gluten intolerant. Like I am Jessica Lively. (laughs) No, that's just a food I eat or don't eat. So it's not... um, the name of myself. I'm not gluten intolerant. I'm Jessica Lively. And that is even now just like a conglomeration of thoughts, I'm <laughs> really just the awareness that's in the body known as Jessica Lively. But aside from all of that, I never had the identity. So I never had a story of who I was defined by the foods. And I always, always wanted to be able to keep eating them. That was always a joy. I love eating dairy. I love eating bread if I want to eat bread, when I want to eat it. I didn't have as much missing of bread. Gluten overall was an easier thing to release out of my diet than cheese. That was probably the, the one I just loved the most. I love a good comte and I love different types of cheese. So over time, as the period and everything got better, I remember asking this one very wise pretty enlightened woman, I said, you know, I, I don't want to be stuck with these sensitivities. I want us to be able to become trans sensitive, to go beyond them. And I wanted her opinion on it. And she was very wise. And she goes, you can't until you can. You can't until you can. So your body might react to the foods and, you know, so you can't, when the, well, you can always eat them, but you could have the reactivity to them until it changes. So it is until it isn't. You're sensitive until you're not. But I think having the desire to be not sensitive was helpful. Other than that, it was just a lot of time and patience and trying it here and there in and out and seeing results and also releasing stories and kind of finding a deeper awareness of why the periods weren't in my life in the first place, like why the imbalance was there. I can say many different things on the subject. I have many different points of view, but the thing where it really clicked in the most was actually during a client session or after a client session with a woman named Laura, who uh, did a session with me. Her inner voice is super, super wise and really clear when she came through. She lives in Melbourne and I did the session with her for her own inner voice. And then afterwards, her inner voice told her out of the blue, it wanted to talk to me about the eggs. And I was like, so she felt so weird, but she's like, Jess, my inner voice says I need to talk to you about the eggs or it wants to talk to you about the eggs. So I had a chat with her inner voice directly as human Jess to inner voice Lara, and it helped me and actually right leading up to the call with them, the inner voice of Lara, I reflected on how my lack of periods might have been a gift to me, like why that might have been in my best interest not to have had my periods and how the skin issues that resulted as I was going through the first three years of travel or two years of travel and all that stuff, how that might have been a gift and how that might have been nice and a good thing in my life, even though I always didn't like it at the time. And I kind of came to this conclusion right before I did the call with their inner voice. I think that in a way it was all kind of culminating and coming together in a beautiful, beautifully timed way. But I realized and the inner voice confirmed that I came into this life. Now this is going to get real weird, magical. So take it or leave it. But this, this rings true. And I can tell you after having this conversation, almost every single period's been almost regular and I've been able to eat anything I want. So the results speak for themselves whether or not the answer is actually this is the reason that this all got super 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 clear and simple but I personally came to this and it just confirmed through the inner voice of Lara that basically I came into this lifetime determined to have realization it was determined pre this lifetime that that would be my experience that i would go through that now my human jess grew up in michigan with a family that we don't even i don't even say the word meditation to my family my youngest brother does meditate a bit but I would not even mention the word around my family. Not in a bad way, just in like that's not where they are. It's nothing like what they're interested in. So I had no exposure to any of this from my actual childhood itself. It was all within me from probably most likely past lives and into what I observed and dived into in this lifetime as well. But was probably reconnecting to my own essence as well, not from my general exposure growing up. But basically... The lifetime this was chosen to be that one. And I needed to get through a lot of life experiences to discover that within this lifetime. So, not getting my period. Early on. And then while I was in relationships for nine years of my all of my 20s, I was with uh, basically I was only single for like two months after graduation. Between that and 31, I was only single for two months. I was with my college boyfriend at the end of college up to my mid 20s. And then two months later, I met my partner who became my husband and I was with him for five years. So all of that while I had never in high school had a period. So I went on birth control as a PCOS measure, which did regulate my skin and. Periods or didn't get a period, but you know, made things evened out in its own way, and then wanted to get off of that at 31. But what ended up happening was basically, I never had a kid with my partner or my college boyfriend, never had to worry about a pregnancy scare. And had I had a child sooner, I could have had a child sooner, but I think that this was so important to my soul. The level, what it, what it resonates most is that this was so important to me to get and arrive to. The gift of not having my period and going through all of this and then eventually getting divorced in this beautifully aligned way gave me a marriage that I got to have the married thing. I don't think my human could have, Jess Lively could have like, she would have felt like too much of a failure, I think, in her timelines and mental story around partner and her upbringing in America. So she had to have like the marriage and stuff to let it go in order to let go of everything that she owned and travel the world because that was never my desire to travel the world solo for four years. There's nothing about me that ever, ever, ever wanted to do that. But having had been married and having had all these things, I was able to have them and hold them and then let them go. It was much easier for my mind to let things go than to have never had them. So that was all a gift, to not have a child, but have had the marriage, to not have had the child, but then to have the home and all that kind of stuff and the dogs and all of those little things that I really deeply, deeply wanted and could get myself to have. I got to have them. And then I was allowed in my own free will and choice to let them go in a beautiful, flowing, fluid way and in a very, very magical way. And then I got to travel and discover and go deeper and deeper and deeper within myself. And It's not to say I couldn't have come to this place later, but with small children, I think knowing myself at any of those previous points, if I hadn't had so much time in myself, by myself, this is just the Jess Lively story. I know many women that I work with that have children, that have families, and they're going through this too. So obviously this isn't saying other people's lives can't do this. They can and they are doing it. But for me, I couldn't have gotten to this point without having had all of that time by myself. And then the skin issues and the imbalances there while my skin and periods were coming into harmony for the first few years of traveling. That was actually a mental story that made me feel like I couldn't be pretty enough for my partner, which was BS, of course, but it created the space for me to keep going deeper and keep going into myself. The guys didn't care about the skin as much as I cared about it, but because I cared about it, I love attraction situations like being alone or feeling not good enough. So then I created that whole scenario within myself. But once I see all of this and once I reach this place within myself, that this is what I wanna experience personally, and I'm choosing it for me, the balance and the peace of the periods and the imbalances no longer needed to be there because I found it within myself, the desires were there, the clarity was there, and so everything kind of went back into harmony. Wild, I know, but once all that happened and once I could see that all very clearly, that that actually was all a gift, not an expense in my life, and helped me get to this place. It doesn't mean that I can't have clear skin or can't have those foods or can't have periods or children or a partner. It just gave me this beautiful gift of time with myself to discover how deep I could go within myself and to actually discover a desire I wouldn't have ever even imagined that I could ever want or choose in this lifetime. But I did. So anyways, that is a very, very long story. But after that, my skin got very clear. And also I think it helps in the skin topic, I'm not using oils on my skin. I know everyone loves oils right now and I used a lot of oils for a long time and I didn't like the story of not wearing oil. And that doesn't mean I won't wear oil on my skin now or going forward, but once I also cleared my routine of oils, that I think actually also did help my skin stay clear even easier. Let's put it that way, even easier. So, okay. That's a very long story, kind of a weird, but I've, I've been getting some questions on the skin and on the periods in food lately. So yeah, explaining that in that depth, I guess hopefully was helpful for people that were curious on that one too. Now we have Love Carrie who said, hi Jess, thanks for all your work and infectious energy. During your Q&A, I'd love to hear, oh, more about your resolution of your food allergies and intolerances. Well, there you go, I just shared that. <laughs> so that is question answered. Priestess Collective says, what do you delight in most? Tapped into my own inner voice to see what it wanted to ask and this is what it said. What do I delight in most? Oh, this is kind of fun because there's two levels of me. There's just lively mind level that delights in certain things. And then there's the inner voice level of me that delights in certain things. And I'm noticing the difference between them. Like obviously they're both levels of my own enjoyment, but I can tell they're coming from two different places within myself and I celebrate both of them. So what my inner voice delights in most is nature and walking and birds and listening to birds singing and seeing the sunrise and the sunsets. It loves that stuff. And, oh, this is so funny too. This is, oh, this is really outing my ego too. Pretty butts. (laughs) Oh gosh, okay, we're going to go there. Jess's ego is not going to be able to stop this one. I'm going to let it out. So one of the other things I've been noticing is my mind has held back feeling like, my mind is very comfortable with allowing myself to receive abundance, for example. I can receive abundance so easily because I'm in such alignment about it. But my mind has had these stories around, (laughs) but <laughs> female butts, not male butts. Oh my gosh, just the ego could be nervous about this, but whatever. I'm just going to out it. So, my inner voice loves beautiful female butts. The style of in Bali for swimsuits, I was just there for six weeks. There's a lot of swimsuits in Chengdu, it's a surf town and there's a lot of beautiful people male and female in Bali and the style of the day is really like basically almost like very cheeky (laughs) swimsuits almost like basically mostly thongs are what you see and same in Portugal and Europe too so it's just like more America is probably the most covered up of the um, western countries I've been to in terms of beaches but the booty cheeks are out and proud and even on Instagram with all these travelers there's just so many butts and my mind used to have stories like selfies about it and like feel self-conscious about my own butt and other butts and the story about butts man and what I've noticed is my inner voice loves butts like it doesn't need to go looking on the internet at them by any means but if it sees one to appreciate it appreciates it so that's a kind of a funny random thing but I've also noticed that as I've allowed myself to actually appreciate the beauty of other people including their butts if they have a beautiful butt that I'm allowing myself to appreciate my own body in a new and deeper broader way than I did before I think I had so many fears and limitations around things even like my own butt or other butts because of my own judgment of my own but yeah, I've been noticing that. So that's really funny. So or just kind of feminine beauty in general. My mind is held back more in fear of judgment and mentally approach that and now that type of appreciation is becoming extremely inner voice driven and it just appreciates them. And it kind of reminds me of this one episode of Abraham that said people talk about they want abundance, but then they judge someone that has a nice handbag or they judge someone that has a lot of abundance or they say they want a nice body, but they judge someone that has a nice body or they say they want to look beautiful, but they judge other people that are beautiful. And so when they said that thing about the handbags, like the money, They say they want money, but they judge someone with a beautiful handbag. I noticed that I would never judge someone with a beautiful handbag because I have such abundance. I would just like either don't care if I don't care about the handbag, then it's just I don't care if they have it. I don't care. I don't have a story around anyone's purses, but I noticed that I had a story around whether people were showing their butt cheeks or not and what my mind decided about that. But that was based on my own mental stories around my own butt would be this whole big story about their butts. And so anyways, this is a very weird story about... My inner voice, of course. When it comes to my mind, what does it delight in? <laughs> well, you guys know I don't have many boundaries, do I? Just going on about the butts and the selfies. Okay, so huh. <laughs> well, I don't consider myself a spiritual teacher. I'm just like glad because I can't imagine one that's sitting here talking about such silly things. But you know what? This is what's going on. This is where I am, and maybe some of you guys appreciate this too. Oh man. Anyways. The Jess. Jess likes pretty clothing. I love, I've got a, re- a lot of really pretty clothes in Bali that are very beautiful and flowy and they work really well in Hawaii. So the Jess mind delights in her pretty clothes and pretty design and pretty flowers and beautiful chocolates and anything that tastes like a rose. Interior design, that kind of stuff is what my mind delights in. I kind of love having both levels of me the stuff that Jess Lively likes, the mind likes, all that stuff. And I love the stuff that my inner voice loves. But I can't say that the Jess Lively mind actually cares that much about birds and watching them fly and pretending to be like, I like my consciousness of me is very excited to one day inhabit or probably already has or is doing it currently <laughs> inhabiting birds and flying as the consciousness filling a bird. Like that is just fascinating. I can watch birds for hours and just imagine flying in them and just watch them and appreciate them. And my inner voice I've noticed is paying all this attention lately to bird songs. So every morning I can hear like five different bird types singing their songs in the morning as I wake up. So there's a ton of – um inner voice awareness to birds and also like the movement, the, the wind and the, the fact that birds are swimming in the sky and fish are flying in the sea and looking at the density of air as an object as much as water is an object. But we can just see water more clearly. But the air is also something like water but less dense but that there's some type of density to air that's become hyper aware in my consciousness and it delights in watching the objects float and fly in the air and imagining it as like just a less dense version of what's happening under water as well where my mind would just look at that and think that there's nothing in in the air but birds are somehow flying in it and I just my mind doesn't think about it in that way but my awareness does Okay, that is so random. All right, here we go. Now we have Cami Minerbo who said, I would love to know your take on this. How does something that is supposed to happen or flow in your life may differ from something you would like to attract? For example, you wanting to go to Sydney, but flow is not taking you there. So her question is, for example, you wanting to go to Sydney, but not flow is not taking me there, okay. So this is great. Let me restate her question. I'd love to know your take. How does something that is supposed to happen or flow in your life, how does that differ from something you'd like to attract? Okay, and let's use Sydney as the example. This is awesome, Cami. I'm happy to talk about this. Yeah, why hasn't Sydney happened for Jess Lively yet it will be kind of the way. If it's supposed to happen, can I attract that? or why hasn't it flowed? Okay, and this could be in your own life. Like why, if I want a partner, hasn't it happened yet? Or why hasn't the right job opportunity lined up or that kind of thing? So I really want this thing, but it hasn't happened yet. Okay, when it comes to Sydney, I'm gonna say this about Sydney. So yes, on a general level, I wanna be in Sydney. And if you say, Jess, I don't really wanna keep traveling out of a suitcase. That's not my preference as a generality. Like, do I wanna travel alone in a suitcase anymore? No, I haven't wanted to do that since like a year and a half into this whole thing. Probably since I left (laughs) Michigan. I have not, Jess Lively has not wanted to live out of a suitcase unendingly forever. She never wanted that. I just allowed it to happen because my inner voice was leading me there. The persona of Jess didn't want that. The inner voice of Jess did, and the mind allowed, in free will, it chose to let the inner voice lead the way. But if the mind had to pick it would have been in Sydney, way back two years ago when I applied for the first entrepreneurship visa back then and the visa guy screwed it up and he's actually now since been demoted. He can't even do his job anymore. He did such a terrible job with my application and many others, which makes me 0% surprised given his behavior around my situation. But you could even ask about that. How did I attract a guy that seemed to do such a good job in the beginning and was recommended by a Lively Show listener? I don't, of course, ever for a second even like, hold that person responsible for what happened. It wasn't her responsibility for what he did. But I just felt this great alignment to working with this man. And then he ended up doing such a great job, basically making sure it didn't happen. Oh, anyways, the mind, of course, still has some... <laughs> could get worked up about that. But here's the thing. There's been so much that I've gained out of the years continuing to travel, people I've met, experiences I've had, that even though my mind wouldn't have chosen it, I can be super grateful for the things that have happened since then. And and let's say since I went back last year after I went for the, let's see, like March through August was like last year in Sydney, I did decide I wanted to move back. Again, not a huge surprise, but I did. I got a new visa person, was working on exploring the options and then I, as I was doing that, the immigration was like, you can't come back on a tourist visa. Once this one is up, you have to come back on a different type of visa. So I was working with the visa agent to make sure this would happen. The only way my career allows me to do that Australia is very specific about their career tracks and visa tracks for immigration. It's one of the most challenging in the world. And especially for a podcaster like myself, the type of role that I fit doesn't have a defined track. So there's 200 visas. They offer for people that are at the top of their field in any part. So you can have to be like a top rugby player, cricket player, doctor, musician, like basically a famous person visa. It's called the distinguished talent. I always call it award because it feels like an award. <laughs> it's a visa, but my God, only 200 people get it a year and it's 12 to 18 months to just find out if you're one of the 200 people that received it. So you have to wait a year to a year and a half just to find out if you're one of 200. And I don't know how many people actually apply for the visa in the first place and whether or not I would actually, as a top podcaster in the world, actually be given this. So it's like a big gamble, but it was the only one that we could find that would be a permanent residency track for a visa that would work with my type of career. So we were exploring that. But along that whole time in the last six months as we were looking into that, the fires happened in Australia. And of course I wanted to help with the fires, but if you actually ask me, do you want to be in Australia right now, after I'd gone through basically a year of winter in different parts of the world, do you wanna be in a place where you going outside can be a little bit difficult on the lungs on certain days with the weather and the wind and do you want to not see the sun do you want to be in a pretty challenging weather scenario no i really wanted to be in beautiful summer weather and where i actually was during that period that all of that stuff was happening where i really have the weather i wanted was cape town cape town had beautiful weather while i was there and It was such an interesting thing because, of course, I wanted to help Australia, but I wasn't even allowed in. And if you ask me from a deeper level, like aside from the mind, if you ask the consciousness, the consciousness wanted to see the sun and wanted to be in beautiful weather more than my mind. You know, my mind had the preference of Australia, but the inner voice wanted weather. (laughs) So I was in weather. And then after all of that, the COVID stuff has been happening and If you ask me, do I wanna be sequestered by myself, completely isolated and alone in an Airbnb in Sydney right now, or would I rather be in Honolulu in the guest house I'm in with my little quarantine, having our little fancy stay home dress up dinners once a week and walking around beautiful Honolulu, and being in a beautiful time zone to work with my team and do inner voice facilitator training and to have this kind of like ability to be by myself most of the time but also see the four people that I'm in quarantine with when I want to but have this like independence as well this is a better setup for me right now, I even had a client that I just did an inner voice session with recently who said, oh, it's so sad. I, today we were supposed to fly to Europe and have this big adventure as a family, and we were going to do all these things in different places in Europe, and she told me the whole list of things they were going to do, and because of COVID, she couldn't do them. She had to cancel all of that with her family, so I asked her, well given what's actually happened, do you wanna be there right now? Because she was lamenting the fact that it didn't flow, that it didn't work out because COVID happened. And I said, well, given that COVID's happened, do you wanna fly in a plane with your family right now during COVID with all of the restrictions? Do you wanna be in quarantine for 14 days with your family in the UK? do you want to do all the things you'd actually have to do if you literally went right now? And she goes, well, no, I just wanted to do what I thought I wanted to do, which was before COVID. So it's kind of to the question of why hasn't it flowed yet? What I've noticed about things like the fires and the COVID and this other person's trip as well, is the mind has an idea of how it wants things to go, and then there's a reality of the now it's currently in. And if you can separate and step out of what the mind (laughs) thinks the story should be, and look at what the reality in the present moment is, often, not always, but oftentimes, there's been these moments where it's like, well, right now, given what's actually happening, I guess I wouldn't really rather be there. I'd rather be here right now. So as much as the Jess doesn't want to travel in the suitcase alone, she'd rather be in Honolulu right now than in Sydney totally alone. And once all this changes, of course, I'd rather be in Sydney, but I don't even know because it's a future moment. That's just a projection of my mind into a future now. that could have some crazy new world global crisis or other scenario. My mind has no idea is coming next, which actually might change that. Or if I met a partner in Bali or in Honolulu, I'd rather be with a partner than being sitting alone in Sydney. So I just know that I don't know yet. And I trust that the flow is actually trying to lead me to what I do want, even if the mind can't figure out what that is, when that will happen, or how to make it happen. And on the point of the whole visa thing with Australia, I've even surrendered to that because the 12 to 18 months. It's not to say that in the future something might not happen where that does become the track that we take. And I pursued that for six months with this lady, but I really wanted to do the full application process with her onshore. And the weekend that Australia closed their borders was the exact same weekend I was supposed to go to a podcast tour over there, hopefully if they approved a temporary visa. The idea was to go to a temporary visa to get me onshore, do a little podcast tour, get that formal application sorted out, and then apply and see what happened from there. But because of COVID, all of this stuff changed literally the day or weekend that I was hopefully gonna get a yes to that. Instead, I got zero answer to the temporary visa. So maybe they'll just approve that in six months. Maybe they won't. I have no idea. It's just kind of an unopened, it's just a question mark. So basically, if things have not flowed in your life yet, you have a choice. You can either tell the story that you suck at manifesting or You can tell the story that there's actually a better thing that's happening or it's happening in a way you couldn't expect or prepare. And even for me right now, I'm currently even surrendering the whole career track and going, you know what? Maybe there's an even easier pathway to Australia than that. And I don't know, well, I have some ideas of some visas that are easier, but one of them being a partner visa, I can't be the Australian male or female that proposes to me (laughs) or, or that I live with. So that would be a gift to receive. I couldn't actually make that one happen, but of course that would be a lot easier, but it hasn't flowed yet. So I just get to trust that whatever is meant to be will come and is happening for me, not against me. So it's all about how I look at it and how much my mind surrenders to what is and doesn't fight it and it stays optimistic regardless. It's a very long answer, but there you have it guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and all of the random tangents I have given about my own life, but hopefully in doing so, these are just anecdotes that can add to your own awareness of just a regular, regular human that is in a weird scenario living out of the suitcase, as we've said many times, without trying to, without wanting to, but allowing it to happen and seeing what happens next. We can all do that and it's kind of in an interesting way, even though it's under situations that no one would have necessarily wanted. It is pretty cool that everybody right now is in this place where they know that they don't know what May is going to look like. Like all of us are going, we don't know. Like a lot of stuff is so unknown and it's just fascinating because we're all realizing that more than ever before. We don't know. We've never known, but it always just seemed more known than we know now it ever was or it will be. So let's see what happens next, guys. I love you guys so much and I hope you're having a wonderful day wherever you are. And if your mind is going a little bit crazy with everything, feel free to go back to that episode that I did a few weeks ago that was about the questions you could ask your inner voice. Know that those questions are always there for you. And of course, your inner voice is always there for you, no matter what. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today.